our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today is Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kilda Sim, how are you? I am good. I have to ask you, what do you think about the term bootstrapping what did you think that even meant because I remember when I first heard about it I just really thought it was something to do with like picking yourself up by the bootstraps or like getting ahead and like something to do with camping just keep going kind of thing yeah that is literally my first question for you Sim (laughs) is like Can you please clarify what bootstrapping is and raising capital means in business? Do you know what? That's a fantastic question. Bootstrapping in business is basically like a jargon term for, it sounds so complicated and confusing. All it means is someone starting a business with their own money. Oh, okay. Right? (laughs) Like it's so like, oh my God, he's like a 27 year old who bootstrapped his first company. And it's like, he literally just took the money in his bank account and said, let me use that to start my company. That's it. Right. I knew that. But when you say it like that, it's just like so simple. Do you know where the term bootstrapping came from? I'm going to act like I knew this, but in all honesty, I just did a quick Google. Bootstrapping was a phrase used in the 18th and 19th century to pull oneself up by one's bootstrap. And so back then it referred to an impossible task. Now it refers to the challenge of making something out of nothing. And so like making a company out of just the money that you have. Oh, okay. All right. And then raising capital, because in this episode, we're going to be talking about the different ways that you can create money to start your business. Raising capital just means raising money. Capital just means money. It's another annoying jargon term. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different ways that you can raise capital. We'll be discussing a few of them today. There's things like crowdfunding, there's angel investors, there's venture capitalists. But the most important thing to me is I remember sort of coming out with some content on Instagram and we got a DM of someone saying I'd love to start a business but I don't have the money to and I feel like I have to wait until I have enough and that just really got me thinking because I went wow like I wonder how many people are holding 
themselves back from starting a business because they're not aware of all the different ways that they can get money to begin or if they even need a lot of money to get started in the first place. Mm. I think that's a very common, I'm going to say misconception because you're going to say there are a lot of options for us. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) You could basically do this episode by yourself at this point. <laughs> I feel like Simran would say. <laughs> I'm sensing. Um, <laughs> no, I think we already know the answer to this, but did you bootstrap or raise capital for Girls That Invest? I bootstrapped. And so bootstrapping, again, just to be very clear, it means that it doesn't mean you had no money. It just means you put in your own money to get mm. start a business. So for myself, it was buying the microphones or buying myself a laptop, like buying a MacBook Pro so that it could handle the editing of the episodes. It included like paying for the subscriptions of apps to like help distribute the podcast, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we bootstrapped and we bootstrapped in a way where we could do it without paying ourselves. And then when we first got our, you know, first major paycheck, we then distributed that money across Sonia and I. And the idea behind it was that's the way that we're going to start this business. Other companies, however, might need to hire engineers from day one. They might need to be creating an app. They might need to get licensing. And so they actually have to pay people's salaries from day one. And so bootstrapping might not be something they can do. They don't necessarily have, you know, a cool $200,000 sitting in their account. And so they might go, Mm. well, I need to actually raise capital to begin this. Okay. And so how do we raise capital? You know what? That's a really good question. (laughs) I'm just asking all of the good stuff today. Raising capital or raising money can seem really daunting. And for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's like, how do I even begin? Like, first of all, who even am I to ask for money? And that's something that you need to like throw away today. We never say, who am I to raise capital? Like that is, if you say that, I will come to your house and I will confiscate your Wi-Fi because you do not deserve to be online if you're speaking like that. Guys, she's pointing, she's raising her hand. She means business. It is just such a frustration for me. But when it comes to your business idea, everyone has the right and everyone has and should have the opportunity to say, you know what, I've got an idea and if I can find a person or a group of people to give me money for said idea, why not? Like no idea is not smart enough. Facebook was created by a dude in his college dorm that said, let's like rate the girls in our class. Like that's not a great idea. Mm. But with enough like VC funding, he was actually able to hire other smarter people that said, well, let's change this and turn this into like an everyday person thing and not just like a who's the hottest person on the campus thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If Mark Zuckerberg has the audacity to get VC funding, who am I to not ask myself? Honestly. And so is it also, can we think of it as a way of just getting funding? Because finding funding for me seems more achievable than the term raising capital. They mean the same thing. Oh, guys, they mean the same thing. They literally mean the same thing. So let's go through the few ways that you can raise money to start Mm -hmm. a business. The first is crowdfunding. And crowdfunding can either be like the old school way where you would go up to a friend or family, someone that might have money, and you say, hey, I'm starting X company. And for like 5% of owning my company, can you give me $10,000? And eventually when I sell my company, let's say I sell my company for $300,000, you get 5% of that back. So you've made money off my work. 
So I'm doing the hard work. You're just giving me the money to let me get started. But what you get out of it is, you know, cash back when we're done. Or Mm -hmm. you get like X percent of the profit we make each year. So there's like different ways of letting someone in and them getting something out of it. But the most common way people crowdfund is from websites like GoFundMe. And these are really, really popular because you can come up with an idea and say, I need 10 people to give me $20 each. And that's a small amount of money that I need to get started. Or I need $1,000 from 10 people. Or I need 10,000 people just to give me $10. Like there's so many different ways of doing it. And so crowdfunding is a really great way to get started. Websites like Kickstarter are really great. And you can jump on there and just see how other people are crowdfunding. And you can get an idea and understand that it's actually not that difficult. And there's been a lot of really successful large companies that have began by just introducing their idea to people online and people going, I can really get behind that. So I thought GoFundMe, and this is might sound a bit sad, so I do apologize if it comes across as rude or crude or whatever, but I thought GoFundMe, I see a lot of them for supporting people who are struggling with their health, who have lost someone, who need financial support during a really hard time, which is usually from what I've seen as someone's terminally ill or a family member has passed away. So GoFundMe can be also asking to fund your business. Yeah. And saying that, you might also then wonder if GoFundMe is the right place to crowdsource because it's like you're alongside someone being like, I have terminal cancer. Please yeah. like help me. And you're like, I am coming up with the best tequila mix that anyone has ever seen. <laughs> okay, Sim, tell me more about Kickstarter. <laughs> so Kickstarter is like GoFundMe, but like maybe more of an appropriate place. Right. Okay. More businessy. More businessy. Mm-hmm. So Kickstarter has been quite interesting. Like they have had some really good success stories. And mm-hmm. if you type in like Kickstarter success stories on Google, you'll be able to see that these people have taken an idea, like a 3D printer, for example, and rather than saying we have it ready let's sell it because what if no one buys it they're saying we will make this product or we will create this company if we get enough funding and so you don't actually even take on any risk you just have to come up with like some cool graphics to show what it would look like there was a snapback 3d printer and what they wanted to do is they wanted to create a new model of what they had done their goal was to raise $100,000. Do you know how much they raised? No. I don't know how you would have guessed, honestly, but it was $7.8 million. Damn. I would not have guessed that. And so it was so much better than they basically said, if you buy it, like if you donate $1,700, you get the product. Sometimes they'll offer extra things and It is fantastic. It is a really great way to get started. The other way that you can raise is through angel investors. And so angel investors are people that have high net worths. And oftentimes, I don't think people realize a lot of the big tech companies like Google and Yahoo, they were funded by quote unquote angels. So the people that started Google, they were like college students or like young grads. They started in their parents' garage and they were able to connect up with like wealthy people. And they said to them, hey, we've got this idea. Can you give us some money 
these are not their family friends. These are like professionals in the industry. Mm -hmm. They're called angel investors. And these are people that will go, yeah, I'll give you $100,000, but I need to own 10% of your company or 20% of your company. And I'm going to be on your board and I'm going to make like executive decisions with you because I've got so much of my money tied up. Oh, okay. So GoFundMe and Kickstarter are purely donations. And so angel investors are investors, so they obviously get an investment and, yeah. Yeah, they get a cut from it. And if you're interested in learning more about angel investors, we actually have an episode this year called Angel Investing 101. So if you search that up under Girls That Invest, you'll be able to have a listen. It's quite interesting. Now, the other way that you can get money, and this is probably out of reach for the everyday person, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. I think it's worth knowing. It's called venture capital. Mm-hmm. VC or venture capital is what companies like Tinder go to when they come up with the idea of their brand or companies like Uber. They'll go, okay, we have this idea to create this app where people can just like click a button and a taxi turns up. Mm-hmm. But we need so much money to hire engineers to make it, to hire marketers, to convince people to even do it in the first place. Like we need like hundreds of thousands of dollars to burn every single week. We need like a hundred million dollars each year almost. And so venture capitalists, these are large companies that are like angel investors, but they're not one person. They're these like big groups of, of people and big groups of money. And that's the whole like you go into a boardroom, you have your pitch, you like explain your idea and people either like say yes or no, but they do it in the exact same way as angel investors where they will then go, okay, yeah, we will take, you know, a a punt and and help you with with your investment and help you make this company happen, but we're going to take like 50%. Okay. Would you say it's high risk? It's high risk for them to take you on because you're like a new company, but it's not high risk for you. And when your company gets VC funding, that's those headlines that you see, like so-and-so raised $2 million in seed, pre-seed funding, or like Canva recently, for example, was valued at a billion dollars thanks to venture capital. So that just basically means a venture capital was able to say, right, we're going to put in some money and we're going to help you grow. I just don't know why I am bringing this example up, but when Canva was getting started, they're Australian based. They're from Perth. Perth, if you don't know anything about Australia, is I think the most isolated city in the world. Like it is so far from everything else in terms of like, it's just, it's, it's in a little corner. And so they really struggled. There's not a lot of VC firms in Perth, I guess. They wanted to go to North America, to Silicon Valley, where all the VCs tend to be. And they tried to get them to give them funding and no one was taking them seriously. This is what they had to do. They realized that the VC that they wanted, the like founder or one of the VC partners really loved what is it called? Like kite surfing? Like when you're on wind the water? Surfing? Wind surfing? I think so. So they literally learned, the founders of Canva learned windsurfing or kite surfing and then would go to competitions just so that they could like have something in common with this guy to get funding. Oh my gosh, I love them. Amazing, right? <laughs> They're like, you cannot say no to me. Like I will do and be whatever I need to do 
to get this off the ground and now they're worth a billion dollars and now they're worth like three billion dollars yes. damn oh, damn they're awesome so just to make it clear, the story is they were told no from more than 100 VCs and then she met the organizer of like a kite surfing venture capitalist pitch competition and so she literally got training. Like she literally started to learn how to kite surf to help her get in the door. Oh, uh, just I would love that level of confidence and belief in my business idea to be like, I've got this in the bag. I'm just going to learn how to just, it does not look easy. It does not. And now her business is worth $3 billion. So those are the main ways that people get their business off the ground. But if Mm -hmm. you're thinking this is like not really for me, for the everyday person, most people tend to get a small business loan from their bank, which, you know, it's no VC. But the idea behind it in the same way that you go to your bank to get a mortgage, banks love to sponsor or love to give money for businesses. And you can say, hey, I need $300,000. But the issue with that is they'll chuck an interest on it in the same way that you have an interest on your mortgage. And so they'll say, yeah, we'll give you $300,000, but you have to pay that back plus 3% interest. And so that can get quite costly. The benefit of that is the bank doesn't own your business. It doesn't take a percentage cut of your business, but you're owing them more money than you're taking. So Mm. your business better work and it better work quickly. Mm. And Do you have any insight into like grants or kind of government funding or anything like that? That's a really good point. When it comes to starting a business, I don't think people realize, even myself, we were doing Girls That Invest Bootstrapped and someone said to me, they were like, do you know that in New Zealand, there is literally a government grant available from New Zealand on air for people that want to start media companies? And they were like, they're so generous as well. I was like, oh, well, wouldn't have hurt to have known. <laughs> like two years in. Yes. <laughs> like using crappy microphones because we couldn't afford nicer ones. But there is so many government funding options and options from even VCs will have a section of their business where they often like, quote unquote, give back or support more like charitable or social enterprise based businesses. So if you have a business that has an element of like social good or governance good or like gender equality or anything that's there to kind of make the world a bit of a better place. We call those social enterprises and there will be so many options available for you that you have not heard of. All you need to do is in your country type in like country or city and then grant for business or grant for social enterprise. And it does not hurt to submit an application and see what can happen. I have found that people that do this end up getting them more often than not because not a lot of people even think it's available for them. Mm. And so it just comes down to being that one person that like is proactive and submits the application. Cool. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. 
Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible, with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So, how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. And so, do you have any tips for people who are wanting to raise capital but might be a bit hesitant to? I think if you want to raise capital, have a really good think about your long-term goal with your brand. Is this something that you want to do for a lifestyle business because a lifestyle business is something that you're creating that can just make sure it pays you a good salary and it's always going to be around and it's basically just replacing your job. If you have a lifestyle business, you probably don't want to sell that because that's how you pay for your bills. And so you probably don't want something like venture capital or you don't want something that requires or or an angel investor because people like angel investors and VCs, they're putting money into your business because they expect that eventually you're going to sell that business off and they get, get their return. If you're looking to create a business that you're going to blow up and then you're going to sell it off, let's say you decide I want to create like the best ice cream that is available. It's going to be vegan. It's going to be like so much better than everything else on the market. And my plan is to eventually sell it to a larger ice cream company and let them like absorb my ice cream brand because that's often what large companies do. Then you probably do want something like an angel investor or a VC. The second tip that I want to bring up is write down what you think your costs are going to be each year. And then break that down into monthly costs. One of the mistakes I made is I thought, oh my goodness, I cannot hire people because if I need to hire someone and I don't know, their salary is like $90,000 a year, I need to have $90,000 in my bank account. Hmm. And it didn't occur to me that you don't, you just need the monthly salary in your bank account every month for 12 months. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so you don't need to have all this cash sitting around to get started. And if all it takes is smaller loans across the year, that's still going to get you that person that you need as opposed to thinking you need a big injection of money straight away. So that has been quite helpful. Even just understanding what you need and how much you need is going to then decide for you, do you need a million dollars or do you need $50,000? If you were to ask someone that's starting a business today, how much do you need, Maya? You'd kind of go, oh, I don't know, maybe like 50 grand, like it's just an arbitrary number. But Mm. if you break down, okay, but what does it cost to have a website? Like a grand to maybe get it made? What does it cost to have a domain name, like $30 a month? What does it cost to have a laptop and a camera, okay, maybe like $3,000, suddenly you realize your costs that you need for your year besides salaries is actually not as much as you think it is. And do you really need a full-timer to begin with? Can you just get a virtual assistant that does five hours a week and does the emails for you while you focus on other stuff? Like it's actually 
not as much as you think when you start off needing money for a business. And I truly think the best business owners are the people that don't take as much money Mm -hmm. and can be really resourceful and find a way to still make their business grow without needing to burn through cash because no shade, but we have seen brands get a lot of funding and then hire a lot of people and they're really optimistic and they just like, you know, sky's the limit. They get a beautiful office. It like looks great from the outside, but they've spent so much time spending the money instead of like focusing on how they can make money make it back. <laughs> and, and they have had to like, you know, fire people and with bootstrapped and because we've bootstrapped, if we don't have a good product or if we don't have good workshops or a good book or a good system, we don't get any money. So we focus all of our time and attention on, on that. <laughs> you best be making sure that your product and your service is top tier because otherwise you get nothing. And so we get to focus on making sure like our community or our customers get the best options so that they spend the money and buy it and we can like keep the lights on for another day as opposed to okay we've got all this money now we have to show the VCs that we're making it back and often when you have outside funding they have a lot of things to say they've got their opinions like an angel investor I remember speaking to her a few weeks ago she had put some money into a media company and she was like not so happy because she didn't like the way her money was being spent and she's allowed to have that opinion because mm. that's her money. But it means that you've now got like a rift or, or some differences between the founder and the angel investor. And instead of spending time like, you know, ironing those out, me and Sonia and Maya can look at that and go, okay, well, we're just going to focus on making a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so there is different types of pressure for bootstrapping and for raising capital. Bootstrapping is pressure where it's a little bit more like okay we really need to knuckle down be resourceful ensure that what we're doing is making an impact and with raising capital there's that but there's also the added pressure of external people as well expecting high things from you a hundred percent you've hit the nail on the head and so you can listen to this and go okay I don't like to have people tell me what to do. So maybe like external funding isn't for me. I was speaking to someone not too long ago who recently had private equity, which is a um, VC is a form of private equity. Basically think big company or big bank comes and buys your company. But then in doing that, they then get control of how things move and they look at it from a very like numbers point of view. They want to return on their investment. And so she got quite frustrated with that experience and she got quite frustrated with the fact that now her company was moving into a direction that was more numbers focused rather than like mission focused. Mm. Just a little bit of a tangent about grants for bootstrapping. I just remembered this is specific to Aotearoa, so to New Zealand, but this might provide you with ideas to, you know, further your Google search. But there are government fundings for grants and there's also so Tepuni Kokiri, TPK in Aotearoa in New Zealand, they are focused on helping Māori to achieve their goals within business. It's a government organization. You can look that up and I believe Kokiri is a 
program from Te Wananga o Aotearoa, which is a Māori tertiary institution in Aotearoa, and I believe they provide support for people wanting to start out with their business. It's like a business support program, and you go for like X amount of weeks and, and stuff like that, and these are things that I've personally looked into and even like business support groups who will be able to provide some insight but those are little things that I thought I I wish I knew were a little bit more readily available so I do insist that people do some googles for grants and funding opportunities and even creative spaces I know in Kirikirirua and Aotearoa I think there's one by the library or something or creative New Zealand, they have some grants. So, yeah, just do a a good round of Googling. And if you're not from New Zealand and you're like, what library is Maya talking about? At the end of the day, just any, no matter where you live in the world, Mm. your city and grant, type it in. I promise you, you'll find something that you didn't realize was available for you. Just keep digging. I hope that this has been somewhat helpful. I think when it comes to deciding what to do, if you're listening into this, I would say nine out of 10 times you should bootstrap because if you're listening into this, you're probably coming up with an idea that you can try on your own. Bootstrapping was not a lot of money for us. I think we put in at most $2,000 over the course of the first two years into Girls That Invest. And that's something that you can possibly start on your own. For someone that's like, okay, no, but I have bigger ideas, Simran, like, then the grants, the funds, the small business loans, there are so many great options. But at the end of the day, if you haven't started your business because of financial reasons, for every one like concern you have, there are actually five solutions and we can find a way to get started. So Maya, I need to know where you're at with your TikToks. (laughs) Have we made an account? So that's a wrap for this week's episode. (laughs) We have an account. We have ideas we have honestly this past two months month and a half personally have been so insanely busy like my weekends are booked for the next month and a half so I need to just sit down and make content I have not moved from our I think it was a few episodes ago I just need to make the content I think this entire series should just be like gentle bullying until you finally start your business. And and I think it probably would work (laughs) because I'm like, I feel the pressure from everyone. But no, in all seriousness, this is something that I, I think you said it in one of the earlier episodes is you need to treat your business like it is Nike or Adidas, like it is a or the business And so to carve out time to make the content and all of that good stuff. So I will, I know I've made promises before, but I promise to put a slot in my calendar purely for content creation and check in in about three weeks time because my schedule is pretty busy. 
That is so cute. I'm going to check in in a week's time. I'm going to check in every week for three weeks straight until the, uh, you better watch out. <laughs> I will text you every morning and be like, where's your TikTok? I'm waiting. <laughs> I've woken up and there's no TikTok. And just know when you see I've finally got content out, it's because of, I'm going to say support because we, we do not advocate for bullying and it is support and motivation. So Whatever it takes for you I, to make those bloody TikToks. I'm, I'm not gonna, you're like, I know you have some kind of video in your archive that would work. Just do it. Just do it. Well, I feel like that's probably a good place to wrap up this week's episode. To wrap up, there are many ways that you can start getting funding for your business that you can start yourself. We call that bootstrapping. But it's not just that. There's things like raising capital, things with VCs. You've got angel investors. You've got grants. You've even got small business loans. The options are endless and we hope that this has made it seem less confusing and less daunting and Mm. has pulled away the gatekeeping around money and business so i cannot wait for next week see you soon maya bye Bye. and as always to finish off with our disclaimer girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors the advice from girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances always do your research and please use your due diligence